Are you ready? You pumped? I'm so I got my A24 hat on, ready. Golden A24 hat. Yeah, dude. You fucking nerd. I'm, a, I'm an A24 head now. Well, I'm a blue house boy, so this is going to be a problem. I got my hat on. I got my screenplay books behind me. I'm ready. I'm ready to make some indie movies, my guy. Fucking dweeb. <laughs> I love you, man. <laughs> Welcome to season two of Matt Make Zack Watch Horror Movies. Now you may notice a drop in audio quality compared to previous episodes. You see, Matt has fallen into the twilight zone and can only communicate through the ether. But, afraid not, dear listener, you are still in store for all the same dreadful jokes, eerie impressions, and terrifying trivia. So, sit back, enjoy the show. Listening to DJ Terra on Radio Slasher. Today is day. I have no idea. I've lost count. I don't know if it's the radiation or all of these RCA 24 movies, but I'm losing my marble. This recording was dated January 16th, 2021. The boys watched Hereditary. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Matt Makes Zack Watch Horror Movies. I'm Matt. Oh no. Oh no, he's here. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done, sir. Nicely done. (laughs) And he made me watch a horror movie, obviously. Yeah. What did we watch this week, Zach? Hereditary. Yes, we did. Ari Aster's debut film, Hereditary. So, Zach, uh, what did you know about this movie going in? Oh, first of all, I want to know who hurt you, Ari. <laughs> yeah, seriously. After watching this movie. <laughs> uh, so, before we watched this, I knew it was an A24 movie. I knew... Uh, everybody talked about the audio design in it, and I knew the midway twist. Apparently, I didn't know everything about the ending, but I knew just like some imagery, and yeah. that's about it. Because <laughs> shit definitely happened, but that's well, all I knew. <laughs> yeah, you and I were talking about this before. We both knew like the 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 opening twist and like the final imagery, and like we, we had it spoiled for us. But here's the thing about why I, I never cared that much about spoilers. It's like, it is so much more how this movie is made that makes it what it is than its twists and turns. Yeah. I mean, a, a good movie isn't dependent on whether or not you know the twist, you know? 
I mean, that first one happened, and then I was like, wait, there's an hour and a half left. What happens? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not the story, it's how you tell it. Yeah, yeah. I, I would encourage everyone to keep that in mind. Like, that's why, like, the first two M. Night Shyamalan movies work, a bunch of them don't, and then they get kind of good again. Because <laughs> like, he remembers, like, oh, yeah, I should focus on the story, not the twist, you know? Yeah. But uh, so, Zach, uh, what did you think of uh, Hereditary? It was really, really good. Uh, I loved it a lot. It it wasn't like one of those like, man, I love this forever, like every John Carpenter movie. Right. But it was one of the movies I was like, damn, that was a good movie. I'm glad I watched that. Yeah. Um, the cinematography was amazing. It, it it did like how I talked about before how I hate like ghost paranormal shit in movies it, mm-hmm. this is like the right way to do that stuff for me yeah where it was like you it had another theme and meaning to it rather than just right like, isn't this scary yeah it's like a metaphor for like trauma and shit that like was done really well um i agree with that yeah the the only thing that i had that like i was like uh um but I think it's more of like it's less of the movie's fault and more of like people hyping it up. But like people hyped up the audio design so much, and specifically like the uh, clicking noise that Charlie makes. Mm-hmm. There, how like oh it was so amazing and like you've never seen anything like this before. After watching the movie, like the audio design was good, but I'm not like that blown back by it. Like specifically that noise, like people portrayed it to be like way more groundbreaking than like. It actually was. After I think the, the groundbreakingness of it was a little bit hype, but like, I would give this movie an award for sound design. Like, it's it's really well yeah. like composed and put together. It's nothing new, but it's just like a perfect execution of the sound, you know? Yeah, because like to me, like the whole like it kind of got repetitive after a while. I was like, after like the first two or three times, I was like, yeah, okay, I get it now. Well, or and do something else. <sighs> All right, I'm going to jump into my feelings on the movie. <laughs> oh, uh, before you do, I, I just want to wrap that with a bow. I loved everything about the movie, and it's not a follow of the movie. That's like the only con I had to this movie. But go ahead. All right. I think I'm going to land more on a slightly more negative side than you with this movie. Mm-hmm. This is a first-time watch for me, too. Um, I really liked it. Like, I don't want people to think I'm, like, coming at Hereditary. Matt hated it or something, but, like, on a scale of like one to ten, I'm gonna give it like a solid like seven point five or an eight, you know? That's fair. You know, like definitely like, oh wow, I would I really wanna see more from Ari Aster now as a director. But like <laughs> the clicking noise is emblematic of a problem I had with this movie as a whole, where it's like, I don't know, stuff just happens because <laughs> it needs to. <laughs> like oh, why does that little girl like making that funny clicking noise? Oh, cause it'll be real creepy later. <laughs> <laughs> you know like which like isn't it's like you said it's not the movie's fault it just kind of like all right that's how movies work i guess so i can't be too mad about it but like i don't know <laughs> i to me, i really appreciate this movie more than i think i liked it yeah to me to me like i just have such a disdain for like the paranormal like type of movies that like things like you said, things just happen. And like, to me, like, it didn't over explain things to the point where it took itself to like it did. But I don't know, 
it just didn't rub me the wrong way as like um the conjuring did like oh see and i was gonna compare it to the conjuring which is another movie that i think is only like a seven or an eight really like i love it i think it's more fun than this movie so maybe it's it's tough to compare them mm-hmm. but like the way it would like set up and pay off and like build and like breathe and, like like these things that feel like made it feel more organic to me and make for a better movie but i also understand that that's like clearly what ari aster is going for is discomfort yeah um so that's that's why it's hard to compare like all the movies i'm thinking of like in a lot of ways the movie that this is most comparable to for me and you're gonna get very mad is probably the Blair witch project (laughs) in that its goal is to discomfort and disorient you and they go about they go about it in very different ways (laughs) <laughs> and i am not saying that Witch Project is as good as this movie because you know i don't think that if you know anything about me uh, <laughs> you said a bad word but, uh, <laughs> but in that like it's just like sometimes we just need a story beat to happen so like like when you were like wow she just pieced a lot of things together there on her own really fast <laughs> it's sort of like in the movie where they're like well he can't be dead we found his teeth and it's like wait what <laughs> <laughs> But ultimately, the goal almost isn't to like be entertaining. It's to to keep you off balance the whole time, you know. I know we were joking in the beginning, but you are a Bloomhouse boy, and I am a twenty four. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm trying to because a lot of the movies we cover, we tend to cover more fun horror movies. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of like a good like maybe The Exorcist is more comparable to this see that that's the weird thing like i i love like making jokes about things and like having a fun time but like this and climax have been like yeah i guess climax would be the most like comparable yeah but even even climax is at least more visually entertaining (laughs) like there is nothing there's nothing in this movie meant to entertain you (laughs) oh yeah do you know what i mean like climax is meant to be like doesn't that look fucking cool (laughs) (laughs) they're all on the ceiling now yeah (laughs) except for except for like the last like 10 minutes of this movie where it just goes like i don't know what if it was a sam raimi movie and it was awesome (laughs) okay i i think i think what i'm realizing right now one of the things um is why i connect with this movie more than like a conjuring the conjuring is just like ghost paranormal hunters but like this the the family it's happening to i i like in a messed up way related to them from my family experiences oh yeah 100 percent, man so i think that's an unfair bias that i'm giving to this movie is like i related to yeah. the like family dynamics that they put in there so that's probably why I'm connecting with it more than like a demon hunter movie. Yeah. Well, that's why I was trying to say like, it, it's hard to compare it to like any of the movies we watched when we did our, our ghost series. Yeah. Because like you can't compare it to poltergeist. Cause that the types of scares they were trying to bring up, mm-hmm. I think in a lot of ways, the conjuring maybe has a better handle on like pacing and stuff for those sorts of things. Um, but also that's, you know, James Wong's like fifth movie and this is Ari Aster's first. Mm. So that makes a huge difference. And 
like a, a, a debut film like this, like confident and assured is like incredible. Like yeah. I really liked it. I feel like I'm sitting here like being like, man, fuck hereditary, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> now that you say that this was his first movie, I'm like, wasn't the shed that guy's first movie? So just like comparing right. yeah. these two, I'm just like, God damn, I appreciate this movie way more. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think Ari Aster had made a, a number of short films that are that are all I, I've seen one of them, but apparently are all quite good. Uh, I saw his short film, what's it called? Like, we need to talk about the Johnsons or something that is very upsetting and will definitely reaffirm your idea of who hurt you are. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where I'm coming on this movie is like, I appreciate it more than I liked it, mm. but I still really liked it. Like an eight is nothing to be mad at, you know, like yeah. you're in like the top 10% of your class. Sorry. Esther. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, like I said, like, I, I like the movie and I'm glad I watched it, but it's not something that I'm going to be like thinking about all the time, like after Halloween or something. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to put this back on, but I'm definitely going to go look up some cool essays about it or something. Mm. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, too. I like there was so there's so much that I just want to know about this movie now. And what I was trying to say, I'm so yeah. glad I I'm a big A24 head and have the screenplay book <laughs> as stupid as that sentence just sounded. <laughs> if by stupid, you mean super cool. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you fucking dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, bl- I blame my, <laughs> I blame my storyboarding teacher. He's the one that put me onto the shit. <laughs> <sighs> but Zach, you know what? We've been talking around this movie and it's twists and turns quite a bit. I think it's time we dive in full spoilers. Can you summarize that movie for me? Right after I pull up the time stopwatch (laughs) that I always forget to have ready. All right. Whenever you're ready, Zach. All right. This is going to be be a little difficult (laughs) because as with I learned with these, I was taking notes, but I just kind of like wrote down phrases instead of what I actually want to say. So I would have to like try to make sense of whatever. <laughs> All right. You ready, Zach? Three, two, one, go. We open up. This story is based on true events. That's what I thought was happening, but then it was <laughs> like, nah, they, we're just fucking with you. This is like movie world. Anyways, we open up and it's like someone's making hella Barbie houses and they do a super cool like shining transition where it's like, oh, is this a miniature? Surprise, bitch, this is real life. And it's like the son, his name is is is, is Peter and the dad comes in, Steve, the dad's the best. Steve, they're, they're getting dressed to go somewhere and the mom, Annie, and the little girl, Charlie, uh, it's a funeral. The what I thought was real life uh, was actually the grandma's funeral, and like some weird shit happening. Is like rubbing dead grandma's lips with shit, and like that's that's weird. But hey, the little girl's drawing in a sketchbook, and like her her dad or her mom like closes it. I'm like, damn, that's relatable. <laughs> All the times I've been sitting in a suit in a place I don't want to be and trying to draw, and people stopping <laughs> me from doing that. <laughs> Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like, she's eating chocolate, and they're like, are there nuts in that? That'll come back. And then uh, they 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 go, spooky shit. Um, she's sitting in class, bird! <laughs> 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 
<laughs> but, 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 uh, so she goes outside, she's eating chocolate, and she just cuts off the bird's head in a very upsetting way with scissors and puts it in her pocket, and that's unsettling. Uh, but my, my catchphrase for this movie, which you'll hear me say, is nightmare, nightmare, nightmare! <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and then like uh her mom goes to like grief therapy and like apparently every single member of her family has every single mental disorder it, that ever existed which is like hmm, could that have done be been done better but hey uh let's move on i'm relating to this too much uh she uh we go back and like nightmare 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 the little girl's making toys out of like bird heads and stuff that's that's scary but hey people start seeing things and then uh they gotta go to a party and it's and it, it does more foreshadowing uh and then oh no she ate nuts didn't see that coming because that didn't get mentioned earlier uh but oh no the brother's way too high for the shit and what jets happens next we're all too high for a matter of fact he's too high for the shit so he just goes to bed and then nightmare 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 things get sad for a long time and it kind of was a blur and hella sus shit happens uh the mom's talking to sus people sleepwalking saying shit on fire or something and then the dad has just been dealing with this shit the whole time and he's finally sick of it <laughs> but why did i write down mom blows up son oh they <laughs> she didn't blow him up she blew up at him at, din at the dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> but they both kind of blame each other for what happened to the sister. Uh, <laughs> but then, like, she meets a cult lady who's not subtle at all and, like, summons demons and shit. But then, the mom sleepwalks and tells her son that, like, she tried to, like, kill him before he was born. And that was, that was messed up. But, uh, surprise, it was a dream in a dream. Freddy Krueger who? Uh, mom summons Charlie and uh, they all freak out and the son uh, is just chilling in class after being traumatized for the past however many minutes and he looks in the mirror and surprised he sees a snack that smiles back uh, and it starts freaking <laughs> freaking out and uh, his dad is finally like all right this shit really needs to stop this this went too far like 10 like 20 minutes ago uh, but hey, uh, uh, the mom finds out the cult lady who she's been talking to knew her mom all along, who was also in a cult. Whoa! The grandma's uh, dead body is also in that attic, and they gotta burn the book uh, to dispel a demon. So she's like, "All right, bye, Steve. I got it. I'm gonna get set on fire too. So see ya." And then they throw it in. And, no, Steve. Steve got set on fire. What did Steve do? It's Steve. Steve didn't deserve any of it, but he's dead now. And then uh, the son wakes up because uh, he smashed his face into something because, like, the cult people have been stalking him. Uh, but, like, he finds his dad all burnt up. Uh, he didn't have the high ground, apparently. He looks and there's a, there's another snack that smells back with his dick out uh, <laughs> in, in the shadows. And then he gets chased in the attic. His mom's there doing creepy demon shit, and the Nike parade welcomes him, so he just Texas chainsaws out the window, falls on the floor, his mom's on funny mode, so she just floats up the into the treehouse, and the Nike Jakey parade is rocking out and cocking out, uh, guiding him up there, and surprise, 
the cult is pretty sexist and puts Charlie into the son's body because he's a dude and now he's uh, Paymon, aka Pay Money, aka Paper Money, and he's like a king of hell or something. And then, and then it's the end. Five minutes, 46 seconds. Well done, Zach. Towards <laughs> <laughs> uh, the middle there, it kind of like blurs together. I'm just How like... does the movie? It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's my problems with it. But... <laughs> so that's the movie. Yep. That's it, folks. It's real good. You should see it. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need to after that. Yeah. Oh, I've been to ask you this up top. Zach, did you see the trailer for this movie? No. It is like the most misleading trailer of all time. Because <laughs> the trailer makes it look... Because they don't want to give away the twists. The trailer makes it look like the little girl is the main character. Oh. That was kind <laughs> upsetting about 20 minutes in. I can only... Like, I kind of wish I had seen this movie without having like heard all about it. Mm-hmm. But just because of that. But that's also why this movie is super divisive in like horror for, oh, yeah. for a lot of reasons. But that, that seems to be a main one is like people showed up thinking like, oh, it's about a little kid. It looks kind of like a possession movie. Um, it looks to be about the family and them like uncovering secrets. And like it is technically all those things, but very much not. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like. I remember seeing like the trailer for Parasite, a movie that is indescribable, and it's just like, here's some shit from this movie, dude. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's the perfect like description. (laughs) Here's some shit. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that—that's your only other option in terms of like cutting a trailer for this movie because it is so twisty turny. Like, I understand why they had to do that, but it's also like, yeah, I can understand why people like would show up to that movie theater and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's uh, jump into this movie. Yeah. Um, miniatures, dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I've seen this in another movie and I can't remember. Like that involves like like a barbie house or like miniature shit i feel like it pops up a lot in movies for some reason the first thing that comes to my mind is tinkerbell in the house and hook <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking toy story <laughs> oh yeah there you go <laughs> glad we both thought of kids movies yeah. while watching this nightmare <laughs> But, uh, you know, but here it's I don't know if you caught up on caught on to the sack because it was, it was really subtle. Um, they were like a metaphor for stuff. This movie had metaphors. I, I know it's, it's it's it was really hard to parse out and it was it was really well handled. <laughs> <laughs> You're being more sus than the <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it actually is a, an effective metaphor, but this movie does kind of scream its metaphors at you. <laughs> and and I was here for it. Yeah. Was... Oh no, I was into it. Like, luckily they were good metaphors. So yeah, but it's all about like she has to be in control of everything, right down to the last little detail. Oh shit! That's I actually didn't pick up on that one. That's good. Yeah. Well, but then also it's it it is, it is like a really solid multi layered like metaphor because then they're all also just play things in a little toy house <laughs> like it's really good Damn. it's just not subtle <laughs> like 
See, I didn't connect the dots with the, with the oh. miniatures, but there was a lot of other ones that I connected the dots on. That's good. Also, the miniatures in this movie are just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Apparently, like their their set designer was just like, "I got this," <laughs> <laughs> and like went to town. They were just like, "You have like unlimited money for this," because like this movie takes place in one building. <laughs> like, <laughs> movie reminds me of that I haven't seen, but want to see. That uh, one with Jake Gyllenhaal. That's a horror movie. And it's like an art gallery. Very different. But Tony Collette's also in it. So <laughs> no, it, I, I know it's, it's probably nowhere near this movie. But the because she kept getting called called about her own gallery thing. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that reminded me of that movie, and I was like, oh yeah, I never got, I never got around to watching that one. When we see that movie, you're gonna be mad at me. I really like it, and I defend it a lot. And you're gonna be like. You defend that movie, but you don't stand up for Hereditary. Bad, <laughs> <laughs> but real entertaining. So <laughs> you see Jake Gyllenhaal's butt. Ten out of ten. <laughs> David Diggs is there. Ten out of ten. Wait, David Diggs is in that movie? Yeah, we're watching that one next. Oh hell yeah, man! <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyways, uh, we watched Hereditary. Hereditary yeah. <laughs> no um yeah and it just this movie has a real melancholy to it like i think the the two best things i think that ari aster seems to have a handle on as like a director is probably tone and like um actor performances yeah like he, the the tone of this movie is exactly what it needs to be it's like almost oppressive but beautiful Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it. Like, I feel like I'm doing a very bad job. Because, <laughs> like, the whole theme uh, and, like, metaphor around the movie about, yeah, all this horror shit's, like, metaphors of trauma, yeah. fucked up family relationships, all that stuff. I, I like that it focused on that because it's, like, how you live with things that happen because it never really focused on, like, like it just kind of glazed over the grandma's funeral, glazed over, like, the daughter's yeah. funeral focused on like the time after that right most horror movies they'll focus on we talk about how it's kind of fucked up that like all these horror movie villains oh they have a mental illness that's why they're that way which is fucked up i like that this movie the main characters weren't the ones with like mental illness and it was kind of more about like having family members and like yeah tre- like bearing the bearing the weight of that and like the stress and like right. all that and how they deal with it. It, it. It's a movie about how you collapse under the things that your family leaves you. Yeah. And also I would metaphorically, it is very much about like mental illness and like the things that we get from like literally our hereditary, like our genes, you know, in movie, I would argue nobody has a mental illness. <laughs> Think about it. My mom was DID. She thought she had different people in her head. Oh, no, yeah. The brother thought the mom was putting people in his head. She was trying to put people I love it. Like, that's great. <laughs> I 100% agree with the, like, no, nobody actually. It was, like, all the demon shit. But, like, yeah, yeah. But, like, comparing it. Yeah, comparing that and using that as, like, a, oh, people like that just got, like, demon shit going on. Like, the, the implications of, like, using that in that way is, like, kind of, uh, but... Fiction and mental illness have a, a tough relationship, you know. Someone who deals a lot with their own mental illness but loves horror movies, it gets complicated sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah, 
like we talked about on uh, the Halloween um, 20, 2019 episode, like, hey, we understand that in the real world, this doesn't work this way. Yeah. But let's just go along for the ride, okay? <laughs> yeah, and and it was like only that one scene that they even mentioned it. Yeah. Which I liked. Like they kind of just moved past that and was like, nah, isn't this some crazy cult shit going on? Right. The only person who doesn't is the only sane person in the movie, and that's Gabriel Byrne as Steve. <laughs> <Who's> like, <laughs> no, clearly you're not. <laughs> <laughs> And according to Wikipedia, he is a psychiatrist. Did not pick up on that in the movie. <laughs> Just like the fact that they have a dog. I had no idea. <laughs> so that was their dog. <laughs> I don't know. We're jumping around, guys, but. Uh... <laughs> well, I mean, like this movie's like sequence of events, maybe three main ones, but then the rest of it's just kind of like repetition of yeah. just like, yeah, she's like sleepwalking and like doing shit to her son. And then it's like the next day of they're kind of seeing such shit. And then it like repeats that. I say it a lot, but most movies could be 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you get this movie down to a solid hour 50. You could cut 10 minutes out of this movie and it probably wouldn't affect it. You could cut more, but then it would become more about um, the sun. And I, I like that it's about Tony Collette. So mm. I, I like that in any other movie, he would be the main character. But in this, it is about the people who are around him, who it is happening to. This movie's really good. I think I'm changing my mind on it, Zach. I think <laughs> normally I talk you into liking something like Jaws. I think you're talking me into liking Hereditary. <laughs> the mind control A24 hat is working. And I think I like A24 a lot now. And I already <laughs> like A24. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Look up, you're wearing a hat too. But uh, yeah, because like I'm not gonna get into it because it's personal shit. But like the cult stuff and like the family stuff, like at least the fam familiar relationship, like the mom in this movie, like is is very like similar to my mom and like her relationship with her mom. So it's like they nailed it in like such a realistic way of like these relationships and how they work and function with these. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Which is so good. And like bravo to the actors, too, because they freak. Yeah. I, Tony Collette in this movie. Um, I now I, I, I love Tony Collette and I want her to get an Oscar, but I now fully understand why people were mad she didn't get nominated for an Oscar for this performance. Oh, yeah. Like it's 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 just the bias against horror that held it back, and it's yeah. it makes me so mad. It is a little bit of an actor masturbation role, in that everything gets to either be whispered or yelled. <laughs> yeah, you can be at a ten or a one, but never in between. But also, like she's doing a lot of really good subtle stuff, so it's fine. But uh, it, it, it's it's all the subtle stuff because a character like this done in a poor way would have irritated me and i would have not liked the character but i st i'm still on her side yeah throughout this whole thing which is like a master class in like acting i'm like yeah. you took this material and made me still like you at the end of the day and i think at the 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 polar like opposite end of the spectrum in terms of performance style um is probably alex wolf as uh as the son um mm. peter i keep forgetting his name and just wanted to call him the son <laughs> yeah same because he's he's very like small and like everything is like very nuanced and thought through. Whereas like 
<laughs> like Tony Collette is capital A acting, you know, but he is very like, no, I'm a person. <laughs> like that's that's why I really liked his character and performance too, because it's like everything around him is happening to him, and he just feels yeah. like trapped and helpless. And I'm like, damn, this hits close. <laughs> it, it does not have the impact it does if he is acting in the way that like Tony Collette or Gabriel Byrne are acting. Yeah. Where again, it's, it's a little more stylized. It's a little bit more like we are in the movie, which is not to like knock it. Like it, it is just different styles of acting. His hits so hard because he's so human in this movie. Like you said, it's like the opposite end where it's like just only subtlety. And like, yeah, I, I really appreciated that at the end where he's just kind of looking around at first. I was like, scared little kid. Yeah, because then they're like, oh, you're Charlie. I was like, oh, my God, his like acting in his face like showed that yeah. I was just confused no, crazy. I didn't know what was happening. Well, I think we got to talk about what seems to be one of the most divisive things about this movie, Zach. Uh-huh. How do you feel about the ending? How do I feel about the ending? That's <laughs> a, a fair point. Uh, a fair question. I If I didn't already know that cult shit was happening and, go- and gonna happen, I think I would have felt like, what the fuck, why? Like, like it would have seemed like it came out of nowhere if I didn't already know about it and like went into this movie blind. But yeah, because I, I, I didn't feel that way. So I'm like, is that because I already knew Colche was involved or if it was done in a good way? I don't know which one it is. What about you? I hadn't thought about like knowing it beforehand, how that affected me. But I was just say like, I feel like this movie is so like, like once you're there, it becomes like in retrospect so clearly like, oh, that was what they were building to mm-hmm. like. But yeah, I guess if I didn't know, like, oh, it's going to be cult shit, I would be a little bit like, what? Yeah, I hadn't even thought about like, what if I didn't know the twist? <laughs> yeah, because like every single time they hinted at it in the movie, I I picked up on it because I knew. So it's like if I if I didn't know would I have picked up on those or would have just come out of nowhere? Yeah, because we essentially got to have in some regards, at least in terms of the twist, like a second viewing experience. Yeah. So I wonder what like it would be like. Maybe that's why people hate the ending so much. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, because I can very much see someone seeing this for the first time completely blind and just being like that came out of nowhere. Yeah, I can see that being an opinion. I can see me liking it more because I'd be like, ballsy, yeah. <laughs> Came out of nowhere, I loved it. I think part of also why I liked it was, this is where I sound like a pretentious horror movie fan guy. Sometimes with like these like more artistic, not that they're all artistic, but you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. artsy, I guess, like capital A, like horror movies. Sometimes I feel like, oh, this person didn't want to be making a horror movie. They just kind of wound up making one. Mm. And I liked that the last act of this was very much like, no, I wanted to make a horror movie. <laughs> like, mm. Yeah. So I kind of appreciate that. I feel like all the naked people out of nowhere could have been hinted at a little more throughout the... <laughs> I don't know why they were naked, but yeah. <laughs> well, well, not like showing like naked cult people, just showing more cult people rather than the one lady. But well, no, but there a lot of the faces they show when he first starts noticing them were around in the movie at various points. Oh shit, you're right. Yeah, most of, a lot of them were at the funeral. There was the one lady who was standing across the street, like looking at Charlie. 
like the, the cult was watching them the whole time i completely forgot about the funeral because now i'm like oh yeah that person that person yeah the snack that smiled back was there yeah that dude this movie could have just been about him standing in shadowy hallways (laughs) (laughs) i hope this movie never gets a sequel or a or becomes serialized because i feel like they'll dive into the paper money demon king shit and kind of ruin it even more i would like to see um not a like a spiritual sequel yeah like just do a story about this kid who now has the devil inside of him would be interesting Mm. but i don't want the answers to be like like that is an interesting concept on its own it doesn't need to be a sequel to this you know Mm. and ari aster could still make it (laughs) but yeah i you know what, Zach? I'm bumping it up. I'm giving this movie an 8.5 or a 9. Hell yeah. You changed my mind. This is getting like a 4 out of 5 on Letterboxd, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, I have yet to be disappointed by a, a 24 horror movie, so... <laughs> a 24 head... Activate... I don't know what I was going with that. I'm like swearing your allegiance like yeah i swear by warner brothers <laughs> <laughs> yeah they don't even make the movies they just put them out <laughs> yeah. i will say i i do appreciate um a24 and blumhouse have roughly the same model of like putting out che- like funding cheaper movies and i appreciate that a24 is kind of like the cool artsy answer to blumhouse is like rabble rousing cl- crowd pleasers you know yeah Although every now and then, like, you know, Blumhouse makes Get Out or, you know, A24 makes Green Room, which feels like a Blumhouse movie. So, <laughs> you know, it's nice to mix it up, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, A24 has some stinkers in there, too. They're not, they're not perfect. But I appreciate them and Blumhouse both are seem like studios that take chances, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They give voices to people that should have voices. Yeah. I, I like that. Even if I don't always like their movies, I like that they're willing to take the risk making them. So mm-hmm. I, I'm glad A24 is in the world, you know? Yeah. And they gave us Climax, which I still think about occasionally and go, huh. I, <laughs> the timeline's a little skewed on when these episodes come out, but it's oh. been a while since we saw Climax, and I still think about that freaking movie yeah. all the time. Occasionally, occasionally, just an image of a person with their arms bent backwards, writhing in the background, pops into my head. Oh my god, Matt. <laughs> We're dickmatized. <laughs> We're what? Dickmatized. What does that mean? That was one of the songs. Oh, <laughs> That daddy was playing. He, it goes, you have been digmatized. You have been digmatized. I hope you catch disease and your dick falls off. Oh my God. And it just repeats that. It's like, how do you not remember this? I think about it every day. I guess I just forgot. You can't. How do you forget a song called Digmatized? I don't think I listened to the soundtrack after like you did. Oh, yeah, I- <laughs> The soundtrack, the banger. I listened to it still. You know what else had a banging soundtrack? Uh, Hereditary. It did. Just spooky noises. I love it. Whoa. It's like, hey, I want to buy this and play it in a haunted house. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I wanted to play a game with you real quick. It's Uh-oh. a game I always enjoy, but some people really resent. And I get why. Let's play 
if Ari Aster had to remake one horror movie that we've seen so far, what would you want to see him make? Ooh. Or what world could a sequel, remake, whatever, you know? If I if I was in charge of giving yeah. him a movie to make, what would I want him to make? Yeah. If you have an answer, go for it while I'm thinking. Oh, um, I thought a return to form real upsetting nightmare imagery, nightmare on Elm Street, you know? Like take it back from like the campier places it went later on. Uh-huh. But without like the edgelord darkness that the remake goes for, he really nailed like the the idea of like, no, 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 dream logic isn't upsetting when outlandish things happen. Dream logic is upsetting when you kind of can believe it. Like Yeah, that's why I liked about all of his like dream sequences. It's like, is this actually happening or Right. Like I, I love the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels, but they're all like so over the top with the dreams. And the first one is just like, I don't know, she like sees a goat in her backyard. It's just weird. Like <laughs> what horror movie was it where they abused the dream sequence thing? What, oh, it was the shed. Oh, yeah, it was the shed. I don't know. Like, those worked in there for me, but a little too but much. For me, I guess. It, yeah. yeah, for me it was just like it kept happening and happening and happening where I was like, okay, I get it. Um <laughs> What would I want him to make? Because I like how personal the story is. I liked the interpersonal relationships. So I'd I'd want him to make a movie like that. That's just like about people. Ooh, I got another good one. And it would be a very different take on it. And I would be very excited to see what he would do with it. What if Ari Aster's Poltergeist? Hmm. A family dealing with the disappearance of their child. <laughs> yeah. Um, ooh, ooh, ooh. It could be bad. It's kind of the, like, if they made a movie, it would just be a part of a machine. But, I mean, like, I don't want him to make, like, a Spider-Man movie or something because the relationships between people. Oh, that'd be cool, yeah. Interpersonal relationship story, like, through something like Spider-Man. Okay, yeah. And like not like a this is just another MCU movie type of movie. Right. His focus would clearly be on what's AMA up to. Yeah. <laughs> Crawling on the ceiling, that's what Okay, I want him, I would want him to make like a Peter B. Parker movie to focus on like how being Spider Man affects Peter mentally and shit like that in his relationship. Yeah, like it wouldn't have to be part of any universe. Yeah. It would just be like, here's what Ari Aster's Spider Man would be. <laughs> Yeah, I would want. Okay, yeah, that's specifically Peter Parker getting divorced from Mary Jane, like the effects of being (laughs) Spider Man on his life. Like, I want to see him do that. Ah, like the the bad guys would really probably look like monsters now. (laughs) It'd be cool, man. So, Zach, do you have any other feelings about Hereditary? I know we keep joking about it, but I am excited to dive into the uh, screenwriting book because. I bet that's fascinating. I would I would love to see what the script for this movie looks like. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I'm I'm excited to see the Midsummer and the other A24 movies that we got queued up. Excited for that. What about you? Anything else? Oh uh, no, I think that does it for I I love talking about movies. You know, they could change your mind sometimes, and I think I've come around on this movie a little bit more. I was I, I already really liked it, but <laughs> Now I'm like, oh, you know what? I like it even more. So, yeah. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. This is Matt Makes Zach Watch Horror Movies After All. <laughs> all right, Zach, where can everybody find you? Oh, God, where can everybody find me? Uh, hopefully not crawling on any ceilings. 
Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Zach Shirk. Uh, I actually started kind of using Twitter now, even though I, I'm still hesitant I to. Oh, I'm going to send just Patrick Wilson memes later. Don't worry. Hell yeah. Uh, you can find me there at Zach underscore Shirk. If you if you want to see how I really feel about some movies on Letterboxd, you can find me there at <laughs> Zach Atlas. I I feel bad rating movies sometimes, but it's more for me just so I can remember how I feel about movies and like if I revisit it, see how my thoughts have changed. Yeah, that's the so fun don't, part. Don't think I'm trying to be one of those people. <laughs> that's the other thing. I'm like, don't read my reviews because I only write a review when a movie makes me mad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't write reviews for for movies I enjoy. I just rate them five stars and move on. Speaks for itself, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boy, it always work if they find you, man. Uh, you can find me on just about everything as uh, I draw paintings, um, except for Twitch, where you got to drop the S because I'm just I draw painting. I, I, just, I just remembered I have a list on Letterbox called "These Movies Made Me Unreasonably Mad," and I should revisit <laughs> them maybe. <laughs> That's a good, healthy attitude. And, like, and you'll appreciate the movies in there because it's Blair Witch, <laughs> uh, Spring Breakers, Peppermint, uh, Jurassic World, the second one. You don't need to revisit Peppermint. No, yeah, that movie was racist and awful. Yeah, The Graduate. You didn't like The Graduate? I'll, I'll explain that after we're done recording. Uh, but Clerks and Dust Till Dawn are on there too. But you have the right attitude about it. So yeah. just always remember, Everybody gave Blade Runner and the thing bad reviews. And then they revisited them later and now they're in like top ten like of all time lists typically. So <laughs> So join us next week because we're gonna watch Midsummer. Yay, I think. Or it's gonna be Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> so join us next week for another nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. <laughs> Bye. Bye. As the Vox fades, we thank you for listening to this bizarre journey into cinema. If your morbid curiosities hunger for more, you may summon our horror bros at MacMakeZack.com, on Twitter and Instagram at MacMakeZack, or if you dare, say George Lucas three times into a mirror for a visit from our phantom menaces. You may now return to your mortal plane of existence. Until next week, as Matt makes Zack sit through another chilling apparition. Mwahahahaha! <laughs>